the Fade the Noise podcast with Brad Evans and Nate Lundy. Place your bets. Brad the Big Noise Evans here, joined by the good sir, Nathaniel Lundy. This is the Fade the Noise podcast. It's the last week of February, Lundy, which means March is right around the corner. The best and greatest month of the entire sports betting year. As uh, March Madness will soon be getting underway, Selection Sunday, all of the activities surrounding that, uh, I will be in Vegas uh, blowing my bankroll probably within the first 24 hours. I'll probably start wagering NIT games, you know, because that's kind of the appetizer to the main course until you get to Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you have the playing games, and you have more wagering, and then by the time Thursday rolls around, I'm probably already hitting the ATM. Oh, yeah. No, that'll be exactly what you're doing. See, if I were there, uh, I would start to pivot to uh, NCAA baseball. Um, <laughs> that is going on, isn't it? It is. Uh, it, it absolutely is. If I recall, uh, my uh, Oregon State Beavers, very good at yes. college baseball, by the way. Uh, I think they won their first game 21-1, I, I, to 1, I think oh, is what goodness. it was. <laughs> so, is that a mercy uh, rule? Well, you would think they would install something like that. I mean, I know that, you know, these kids are in college, but I still think some of the youth rules should apply uh, to some of these teams. <laughs> Get it Brad. over but, with already. But, we got to go but, to the bar. But that's exactly what I would be doing. Obviously, in the midst of all the March Madness, I would be betting on hockey as well as I always do. But I think I would lean. I'd, I'd then pivot to something um, completely out of the blue in the hopes that maybe it would change my luck. Uh, harness racing. Guaranteed to happen. <laughs> Because <laughs> all you got to wager is like $5 and you get a free drink ticket at some of the sports books that are out there. So I will do some intrepid sleuthing while I am on campus at one of the fine MGM resorts and find out what exactly is required to procure a drink ticket in the horse racing arts. Uh, with that, Lundy, let's talk about the player of the year uh, front runners right now in the world of college basketball. And uh, no, there are no Oregon State Beavers on this list. But I think the best shocking. I think the best value on the board remains Johnny Davis at six to one odds. Uh, pull that one from DraftKings Sportsbook, and you know this number is really shrunk. I mean, before the season began, nobody knew who the hell Johnny Davis was, but he has been a breakout sensation this season for the Wisconsin Badgers, a guy that's averaging over twenty points per game, indispensable to that club, uh, which uh, you know has largely been road warriors, and of course we have. The kerfuffle, the fisticuffs, the uh, the pugilism that was very petty in Madison over the weekend. Juwan Howard getting suspended for the rest of the Big Ten regular season. And Greg Gard suffering a modest fine for his involvement. But thankfully, Johnny Davis wasn't in the center of that action and did not uh, throw any punches at all. But uh, he is indispensable to this team. And according to KenPom.com's Player of the Year ratings, He's number six on the board in terms of overall efficiency, trailing Oscar Shibway of Kentucky, Drew Timmy of Gonzaga, Chet Holmgren of the Zags, EJ Liddell of Ohio State, and fellow Big Ten sharpshooter Keegan Murray of Iowa. But when the dust settles, you know, even if Wisconsin doesn't hoist the hardware in the Big Ten, and right now they're in a three-dog race with Illinois and also with Purdue to get the regular season title, I think Johnny Davis is going to garner a ton of votes from the media. So, are you, are you with me on Johnny Davis at six to one odds to win the Wooden Award? Do you like somebody a little bit better that could be a, a finer value on the board? 
No, I, I mean, I think six to one is pretty damn good value. And I think, you know, you're more the bracketologist than I am, Brad. You know that we've talked about it here on the pod before. Some of me has wondered whether or not, yes, what Johnny Davis is, is doing and the way that he's been playing is fantastic. But part of me also wonders if some of the reason why somebody like him is sort of, you know, this this horse at the back of the pack that all of a sudden is is racing up to the front and getting attention is because we don't have that one singular dominant team right now that's because sometimes the wooden awards sometimes these year-end awards wind up going kind of like they do in in pro sports to teams that are doing really well and you've got gonzaga right there but oh well wait a minute now ku's playing a little bit good and oh well what about what wisconsin's doing what and so i think we have a lot of whatabouts going on with the teams and i think it's allowed him to come you know quote unquote out of nowhere um, and be somebody that's that's worthy of a really, really strong look for this award. Yeah, I mean, Oscar Sheepway is leading the pack right now, minus 120. No way in hell. And he should I be. Yeah, well, he should be, but it's not that definitive, right, in I my agree. estimation. I, I think it is a mishmash right now, and it's razor blade thin. You can make an argument for any of these guys. Keegan Murray at 6-1 to one of Iowa, who I mentioned. Ochai Abaji, as you know, uh, with your wife being a diehard and absolutely crazed Kansas fan, he's plus 650. Chet Holmgren's there at 16 to 1. And Benedict Matherin of Arizona is at 18 to 1. I mean, even though there is a wide gap in those odds, I can't go in and say slam dunk, Oscar Sheebway's going to win this thing. So look, it's going to come down this home stretch these next couple of weeks and heading in to the postseason on who will win the Wooden Award. One of the tightest races in my mind that we have seen in quite some time. And with that, let's get to it. On this hashtag Taco Tuesday, let's add a little extra spice with another Fade 5. Number 5. All right, Lottie, we took uh, President's Day off. You had to recover from your post-birthday uh, weekend activities. Hopefully your liver is functional and uh, your brain cells are firing at their normal pace. Uh, but let's drop the puck and make some bucks in the NHL. Pick numero uno on the ice tonight. What is it, my man? Well, you know, Brad, as we continue to have these kind of birthdays, we get older and older. And frequently the words uh, let's get wild uh, don't really come up uh, as we as we get older. Uh, You know, it's more like, uh, you know, you look at your watch. It's nine forty five. You're like, I'm pretty good. I could just crash right now. Uh, But tonight we will get wild. The Minnesota wild uh, traveling to take on the Ottawa Senators. Now, Minnesota um, has gone through a stretch where they looked really good, like looked like, okay, this is a playoff team. This is a squad that's going to be tough for somebody uh, to deal with in the playoffs. Then over the course of the last five games, they've only gone three and two. Um, it, it, so not only is their record a little off compared to what they've been doing, um, they're they're inconsistent between their scoring and their defense. But one of the things that may help them out is, in fact, taking on Ottawa because they rank in the bottom 10 um, in goals uh, that they score per game, as well as one of the stats that I like to look at, which is expected goals for uh, the squad. So it's looking at uh, what kinds of opportunities they've got, can they actually take advantage of them or are they missing out on maybe what should have been a scoring chance so I'm going to take Minnesota the trick though with this is that I'm going to go with Minnesota on the 60 minute line because we've got a lot of lopsided games tonight that's still going to put it at a minus 150 but that is a heck of a lot better than if we go to the straight game line which is a minus 230 so Minnesota in regulation minus 150 tonight at Ottawa Uh, let's get wild pay up at that minus 150 
Sounds like it's going to be worth it. Number four. All right, Lundy, back to checking the books into the boards. NHL pick numero dos. What you got on this Taco Tuesday? Uh, let's do another one. Let's go St. Louis Blues this time. They are in the city of brotherly love. They will take on the Flyers. Uh, this is one I actually was I was reading some various folks. There's a lot of folks that I like to follow out there in social media uh, that talk about hockey, talk about their picks. And one of my favorite lines I saw this morning, and I wish I could remember who said it because I'd like to give them credit. It said, don't. Don't overthink this one. Uh, And that's because St. Louis should be able to handle Philadelphia uh, with relative ease. Now, I will say St. Louis is not fantastic on the road. Their home and road splits are very dynamic uh, in terms of the difference. They are much better at home than they are on the road. So as much as I would like to take St. Louis on the puck line and actually have them win this one uh, by two or more goals, because that would get me to a plus 105, I don't trust them to not wind up allowing a goal late to Philly and making this closer than it should be. So it's another 60-minute line that we're going to roll with with the Blues. We go with a minus 145. So, again, I know those are juiced up a little bit. Maybe you decide you want to put pick number one and pick number two together. Uh, Both of those on the 60-minute line. If that's the direction that you want to go, you can get yourself a nice plus 181. But my recommendation is go with each of them individually. Maybe pair it up with one of Brad's college basketball picks today, a little cross-sport something like that but uh we're gonna take the blues and then we're gonna cross our fingers uh that st louis doesn't completely screw us which they've done a couple of times in the last couple weeks oh a st louis screwing uh that is bound to occur number three all right let's move on to the world of college basketball man do we have a delightful slate on this Tuesday, and let's go out west. And, you know, one of the hottest races out there in major college basketball, the Big Ten, first and foremost, uh, most of the other, you know, high major conferences have already been decided, except for the Mountain West, uh, where you have several teams compacted near the top and a lot of marquee matchups here heading down the home stretch, which ultimately determine who will be crowned champion. Well, tonight is one of those pivotal contests. San Diego State traveling to Idaho to take on Boise State, and I'm going to roll with with the Aztecs here, Lundy, at plus two and a half at minus 110 at BetMGM. Now, both of these teams' calling cards are playing unrelenting defense. Uh, San Diego State, number one in the country in just the defensive efficiency. Boise State, number two in the Mountain West in that category and inside the top ten on the national circuit. Now, turnovers have been an issue at times for the Aztecs, so they'll have to clean up that part of the game, but this is going to be rock'em, sock'em robots to the T, because both these teams play at a slow, calculated, and methodical pace as San Diego State, number 298 in the country in adjusted tempo, Boise State, number 303 in that category, but still... San Diego State, they've been road warriors this season, particularly on the defensive end. Uh, That usually travels nicely for them, giving up just 44.6% inside the arc. And Boise, with Armas, usually feasts around the rim, netting 55% from two at home in Mountain West Conference play. So, you know, unless uh, Shaver and Acott and Deegan Hart, those guys are really lighting up from outside, I think the Aztecs are going to score the cover, and I think, yar, Captain Hook is going to come into play in a game that's going to come down to the final buzzer. So, fade or follow, San Diego State plus two and a half at Boise State, minus 110 at BetMGM. Oh, 
man. I'm going to start off the short week here, Brad, with a fade. I think Boise. I think Boise State manages to cover this one. The favorites covered seven out of the last nine times they played. And you talked about their pace of play, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Brad. Brad didn't mention this, or at least maybe I nodded off and he didn't mention it. Uh, when these two teams played earlier this season, forty-two to thirty-seven. That was the <laughs> I final. I watched that goal. game. I remember. Yes. Cities that were built the- with the bricks late. Yes. That was the final, folks. That wasn't the score at halftime. <laughs> that was the final. Boise State won it by five, 42 to 37. I feel, Brad, that this is going to be along the same uh, lines. I feel like this is a four or five point game, and I'm going to give the edge to Boise State. Would it surprise me if the Aztecs covered? No, not at all, because this has turned into an absolute dogfight in the Mountain West uh, because you've got teams that win. Oh, what a great conv- And then they turn around and lose. Yeah. Uh, and that's what's been happening right now. You know, you get CSU that picks up a big win, then they turn around and lose. You get Wyoming that picks up a big win. They are now in the driver's seat, but they still have a really tough schedule left. So uh, I'm going to fade you on this one. I think Boise State wins it, but I think it's going to be really damn close. I'm calling for a four-point win for the Broncos. Oh, it's going to be tight. Don't let me down, Brian Dutcher. And your San Diego State Aztecs. Stay tuned for my top picks of the day in college basketball plus Bonus time in the NHL. And, of course, more college hoops. Number two. All right, Lenny, let's get back and rock the rim here in college basketball. And let's go to Iowa City. And he got two teams heading in opposite directions. The Iowa Hawkeyes climbing, especially uh, coming off the high of taking down Ohio State on the road in Columbus to secure their first quadrant one win of the season and a timely one at that and they're going up against Sparty which is not really throwing much of a party unless you're the opposition uh, then you're definitely getting your groove on as Michigan State has dropped four of their last six games and I'm not going to you know focus so much on the game total uh, which is at 153.5 or Iowa minus 6.5 but I do like the Hawkeyes to get over on the 80.5 points team total against Tom Izzo's Michigan State team. Now, you look at Iowa, a team that could certainly fill up the cup. Since February 1st, no team, that's right, no team in college basketball has posted a higher offensive efficiency rating at 1.237 points per possession scored. They've also netted 38.7% from way downtown over that stretch. Meanwhile, Michigan State, in their last six games, and again, they've lost four of those, uh, they rank number 212 in the country in effective field goal percentage defense, and their turnovers have been very problematic throughout the entire year. Since February 1st, number 259 in the nation in offensive turnover rate. So uh, if they and have some of those self-inflicted wounds, Iowa, Keegan Murray and company get those quick sprint outs, knowing the brisk pace that Fran McCaffrey's club relishes, I think Iowa hangs at least 81 on them. I know it's a high number, but both these teams like to fly up and down the court. And given the prowess offensively of the Hawkeyes, old Mount Fran, yeah, he won't be smoldering tonight. He actually might be smiling for once on the sidelines there in Iowa City. So fade or follow, Iowa over 80.5 team total points against Michigan State, minus 110 at DraftKings. Is 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 Fran allowed to smile? Like, is Dude, it in he his smiled con- the last game. Now, it's rare that you see it on camera. I bet he smiles a couple of times over the course of a game. But every time they usually do the cutaways, you know, the face reddens. 
and then it's just uh, you know a bunch of f bombs just repeatedly. It's like you know turn on the spigot at its highest volume and it just spewing out. But uh, no, he he smiled the last time out. Uh, he was giddy about the win at Ohio State, understandably <laughs> so. He's basically Bill Belichick. <laughs> that's, what that's what we've realized. Uh, I'm going to follow on this one because I think that it's going to come down to the points off the turnovers. I, I, I want to see them get the points in transition. That's what Iowa's going to need to be able to get up above this. If they can force the turnovers but then turn it into quick buckets, that's what's going to lead to being able to get over this 80 and a half. Because if you look at their last nine games, they've only gone over this total three times. And one of those, they needed overtime. Uh, to be able to do it. That was the game against Penn State. Other other than that, they beat this total uh, going up against ooh, Maryland and ooh, Nebraska. Uh, so yeah. uh, the, the opponents uh, have, have been generous when the opponents suck. Other than that, Iowa's got to be able to force these turnovers, get Michigan State into transition that they can take advantage of. I think they can. I agree with you. First time these teams have played now uh, in in over a year. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to this one tonight. Nice game in the Big Ten. Let's get them up over this 80 and a half. Run, Hawkeyes, run! Number one. All right, let's go to the SEC, my man, and a, a mammoth matchup here. Not so much for the visiting team, but certainly for the ones trying to defend home court. And they're coming off of climbing a summit and holding home court against the number one seed projected Auburn Tigers. And, of course, I'm talking about the Florida Gators, who right now, uh, latest version of the bracket big board, one of my first four teams out of the dance. Uh, only a couple of more key wins of the resume. They certainly could use another one, and this would qualify as a quadrant one based on Arkansas's recent stellar play. However, I think the Razorbacks are going to score the victory in this one, and I'm going to lay the un pinto. Minus one on the must bus. Got to drive into Gainesville get a W. Minus 110 at DraftKings. Look, Arkansas has been shut down defensively here over the last month and a half. Since January 12th, they are number one in the country, Lundy, in adjusted defensive efficiency, giving up just 0.820 points per possession. And number two overall, according to the BART Torvik metrics. That's how high of a level that this Razorbacks team has played at. Uh, also over that stretch, giving up just 42.4% inside the arc and only 26.3% outside of it. In SEC play, uh, the Gators have really struggled splashing from outside, shooting only 29.7%, and defensively, they're middling. Number seven in the SEC in adjusted defensive efficiency. I think this is a letdown game for Florida, and I think there's really good value on this line because people are, you know, getting intoxicated by the recency bias from that last high-level performance in knocking off Auburn. So fade or follow, Arkansas gets a critical road victory, minus one at Florida, minus 110. At DraftKings. Oh, this is a tough one. I mean, at this point, why are we even bothering with the minus one? Why don't we just go ahead and money line this bad boy? Because uh, the odds are not nearly it. as good. The juice uh, are going to have to pay up. It's like minus 120 on the money line. You might as well just take it to the minus one and you get a minus 110. 
All right. All right. I will follow on this one. I do think there's some recency bias playing into this one. I would agree with you uh, in that one. I think Arkansas is uh, I mean, their record would tell you this, but so would your so would the eye test. They're just a better team. Uh, They're better than Florida. Florida got themselves a nice uh, got themselves a nice recency. You know, oh, look how nice. Look at the little nice gators. Yeah. Well, uh, Arkansas is going to beat them. (laughs) I I really do. I I think Arkansas wins this one. And I think they actually may win it, Brad, by four or five points. I mean, I I don't I don't think the minus one is going to even come into a, a play unless they're missing free throws down the stretch yeah definitely look that game is going to come down the final moments uh make no bones about it and look this is going to be a stellar night of college basketball oh and we ain't done yet it's bonus time Lonnie. what else you got on your betting card uh, let's go with a, a handful more of the uh, hockey picks for you. We already talked about Minnesota and St. Louis taking those two teams in regulation. So, oh, I'm feeling frisky. Let's go with two more that we can take in regulation to be able to bring some of the juice down. Because, like I said, we do have some heavy favorites tonight on the 60-minute line. Give me, uh, speaking of Florida, give me the Florida Panthers mm. uh, at home taking on Nashville. Take Florida uh, on the regulation on the 60-minute line as well. And do the same thing out west, late-night hockey, Anaheim. If you take Anaheim on the 60-minute line, taking on the San Jose Sharks, a uh, little battle there of California, that actually drops Anaheim down to a minus 105. So four different in regulations that I like. If you want to get a little bit, little bit frisky, just a little bit frisky. It was my birthday weekend. It's a little bit frisky. Uh, I'll take Columbus plus the one and a half against Toronto. I don't know why. It's a TYG special. Trust your gut. I just think Columbus is going to keep that one close. Could even win it outright, but I'm going to take them plus uh, the one and a half. And Brad, I might have to whisper this pick uh, because oh, oh, the, yes. I'm, I'm in the home studio this morning and the wife is still here. Uh, <laughs> I will take K-State plus the points. <laughs> yeah, you want to keep that on the down low. No question yeah. about it. Uh, she I will, could come I will in take, wielding a butcher knife. I, here's the thing. The Jayhawks are winning, Brad, but they're not covering. No. They're not. No. It's, it's, been, it's been crazy with KU. They're picking up the wins, but when they have been a big-time favorite, they are letting teams hang around. And it's a rivalry uh, game. And it's a rivalry game. It's K-State. So, I, I, like I said, I'm going to keep it kind of like, shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, but I'm, uh, I'm going to roll with that, and then I'm going to cross my fingers that she doesn't listen to today's pod. Uh, good call. Uh, let me go ahead and get back to more college basketball. I've way too many games that I've wagered on. I'm just looking at my card right now, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Uh, i got a lot of open tickets right now. Let's go with Texas Tech on the over. 70.5 points on the team total, minus 110 at DraftKings. We're taking on Oklahoma. Uh, Tech has been over every home game on this team total. The lowest that they have posted this season was 72 against Iowa State. We know they really get after with the second chances with Williams and O'Banner and Adonis Arms, one of the best names in college basketball. And they're also taking 1.179 points per possession at home. That's the sixth best rate for any team and their friendly confines in college basketball. Oklahoma, meanwhile, number 311 in NCAA hoops and effective field goal percentage defense on the road so great matchup there and uh, they will continue to cruise to another easy victory and plunge another dagger in the profile of the Oklahoma Sooners of the postseason uh, I'm going to take the under on Villanova 67 and a half points the team total a little too rich for my blood uh, at UConn UConn at home this season uh, giving up just 38.7 percent inside the arc and 0.947 points per possession overall Sonogo and Martin are going to be a matchup problem for a Villanova front court which is just subpar now Nova eight and four away this season they played well on the road and number 23 in offensive efficiency 
uh, in those road matchups. But I think UConn will hold home court, get a victory. If you like a minus two, I, I certainly don't hate it. But I don't think Villanova gets to 68 points. I think they finish in the low 60s overall. And last but certainly not least, let's do a little uh, for S's and G's. Six-leg money line parlay. How about that, Lundy? Give me Iowa to win straight up. Tennessee to handle business uh, on the road against Missouri. St. Bonaventure uh, to win at home against a bottomed, bottomed out, really, a Rhode Island team. Kent State at home against Ball State. Kent State has won seven straight games. Oh, no, check that. Nine straight games, excuse me. Texas Tech, uh, the aforementioned. And I will take Kansas to get the victory. They, they probably won't cover, uh, but they'll win by single digits and at least handle uh, the Wildcats there within Fog Allen. So, again, Iowa, Tennessee, St. Bonaventure, Kent State, Texas Tech, Kansas, all those guys win, plus 236. Oh, man, you're, you're going back to the St. Bonaventure well. I mean, They're playing God. well at home, man. Uh, and thank I, God I you only took them on the – Thank God you only took them on the money line because that team has hosed up more tickets for me in the last month than I can count. <laughs> well, Rhode Island's lost eight of their last nine. And St. Bonaventure's yeah. going in the opposite direction. They're at home. All we need is them to win. I'm not saying they got to cover whatever the line is, like seven and a half, eight. Thank we just God. need them to handle business straight up. They go in by a point. I don't care. Just get the W. <laughs> That's all that's required. That's all we need. Just a point. Just that's a all point. We need. Just the tip. And, yeah, just to see how it feels. And that's a wrap on this edition of the Fade the Noise podcast. Please follow Lundy on Twitter at Nate Lundy. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast. Would you kindly? And as always, until next time, feed or follow. That is up to you. Fade the Noise.